The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fike Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we are two weeks away from WrestleMania going down over two nights in Inglewood, California at SoFi Stadium when WrestleMania goes Hollywood once again. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my right hand, my co-captain, back in his chair after Jeremy Feinstein filled in last week, doing a very fine job. By the way, as we recap the week that was in WWE, I bring back to you the sometimes advocate for the not-so-rapidly-improving Von Wagner, the wise man himself. For now, on this show, he is salty, Scott Young, but knowing how this show goes, he could be pissed off very soon. But welcome back, Scott. Thank you, Keela. It's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. After a, a weekend full of Reba McIntyre with the wife, I was fully ready to get back in the saddle of wrestling. And then I hit the NXT midweek lull, and boy, oh boy, was that bad. So <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you, though, Keela. And shout out to Jeremy, man. Did a great job last week. Had me worried about my job. He made you sweat a little bit, did he? A little bit. A little bit. You know, the when I heard the show, I was like, all right, it's going, it's going okay so far. Then the show started going. I was like, oh, now he's really good. So, yeah, had me sweating a little bit. Didn't get the call from Gigi. Didn't get my papers. So I'm back for another week. <laughs> You're still here. I did miss you. It's very rare when I miss you on this show, but Reba McIntyre held more importance in this show, and I don't blame you for that because Reba's great. Well, there was a there was a foot that was laid down that said, "You going to the show?" Because I haven't. Let me tell you, I've been trying to get out of going to that show for about a month. Wow! I was like, "Yo, why don't you take? Why don't you take your friend? She wants to go. She's real upset. She can't. Now you going?" We have we are having a date night. All right, all right. Why don't you take your sister? She real upset. She wants to go. You going? We having a date night. Your parents are watching the kids. We are going out of town. So didn't have much say in it. But the show was good. She did a great. Reba was great. Reba was great. 
So you went on a date night with your wife by force. Absolutely. 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 Had a great time though. Great dinner, you know, you know, ate good, drank good, had a great show. Great time. But it was absolutely under duress. I love this actually now (laughs) that you would have picked this show over seeing Reba (laughs) McIntyre. Listen, I would have absolutely picked sitting here in my pajamas (laughs) doing this show with you instead of being in the midst of all of those country folk (laughs) singing, singing about killing some killing somebody because they cheated on my brother. God. (laughs) Okay. Then again, because that's what Reba that that's what Reba be talking about. But then again, that's quite the song to listen to. So, like, you would get inspiration for this show, especially with NXT this week. Listen, like I said, she put on a hell of a show. I, I, I will absolutely give her her props. As someone who's not a fan of her music, she put on a hell of a show. She is absolutely a performer. But again. <laughs> I would have traded it all just to kick it and record the show. (laughs) I feel humbled and I also feel like I'm big timed by Reba McIntyre at the exact same time. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. (laughs) You were missed last week, but we carried on in the name of Reba McIntyre, apparently who really impressed Scott despite his need to get the hell out of there as soon as possible. But we're going to segue to our favorite topic besides WWE, which is the Western Conference standings for the NBA. And both of our teams right now are going through it. The Warriors lost back-to-back games to my Hawks, so I'm happy that won, you know, honestly, on Friday night. Then they got their asses kicked by the Memphis Grizzlies tonight, and they're sitting approximately 36 and 36 losing three in a row all on the road this is so bad as for the lakers they're in a 10th spot 34 and 37 on a two-game losing streak five and five in their last 10 so we got the warriors in the seventh spot we got the lakers in 10th at least in the playing situation scott for right now but let's be honest the jazz the pelicans and the trailblazers they are all in contention for this play and possibly jumping into the top six by the time this month is over Man, I the West is crazy right now. So, it's that there's that. As far as first, let me touch on the Warriors real quick before I dive into my awful Lakers. Um, Draymond Green, the nerve of you, all right, to to want to jump on the podcast and bash somebody and then go and lose by like twenty points to the Grizzlies. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Dylan Brooks? Yeah, who? I, okay, whatever. I'm done with that. But that's that's the Warriors for you. They losing to Dylan Brooks, and then you got the Lakers. You go and beat the Pelicans by 40 points. You let you play Anthony Davis when you're up 30. When you know all, it's, he's a sniff away from being out for the season. So then the, you, you sit him for the Rockets, and we lose that game. And then Anthony Davis decides, you know what? I'm back, baby. Files files Kleber on a three. And then all of a sudden decides, you know what? I'm going to miss one of these free throws. Let's, let's put a little pressure. Misses a free throw. Again, he's done this before earlier in the season. And then for some reason, when you're guarding a three-point shooting big man, you decide to drop when there's already a guy down there in the post and leave him wide open. And you're not even double. You're not even guarding anybody. He's just standing in the middle of the lane guarding nobody. And the, like. <sighs> This is what we doing, man. Like, 
I, I, I don't get it. How can you be that good at defense and have and have that bad of instincts? It's it's just crazy to me. The highs and lows of the Lakers in a nutshell. Got me ranting over here about Anthony Davis's defense. This is now I'm pissed off. Okay, so pissed off Scott has entered the chat. He's here now. He's salty and pissed. We all here. <laughs> More so than a certain gimmick in WWE these days, but I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> if you know, you know. There you go. There you go. Way more compelling, by the way. Can Bobby fight My you in WrestleMania? Are still here. <laughs> Listen, that's another thing that I'd much rather just sit here and kick it and watch WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm not trying to take no <laughs> ain't no hurt lock being applied to me because I'm tapping. As soon as the bell rings, I'm tapping. Tap out. Nobody even got to touch me. I'm tapping. You got it. At least the check cleared when you tapped out. <laughs> Listen, all I need is to get my entrance in. I'm going to play some some uh, some nice Tupac on the way down. Some hit him up, you know, and then I'm out. I appreciate that. Your honesty in this moment really warms my heart to know you're in it for the check, immediate tap out, and at least you will show up. And that is very important with all six of your personalities intact. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably bring a seventh one for WrestleMania. Hmm. Which one could it be? Country boy, Scott Young. <laughs> fancy Scott. Fan- <laughs> It's your one chance, fancy. Don't let me down. So, oh <laughs> WrestleMania is my one chance. Oh my gosh! Shout out to Reba. See, that concert changed your life. Like I said, it was a good show. Good show. All right, so we show Reba some love today. Maybe Scott will replay some of Reba's <laughs> greatest hits on Spotify. Maybe watch her show on repeat somewhere on the Hallmark Channel sometime soon. It's a good show, by the way. I, I'll, I'll be completely real. That's the first thing I knew about Reba McIntyre was that she was an actress on that TV show. That's the first thing I ever saw her in before I knew she was a singer. So, Damn. Damn, Scott. Really? <laughs> you didn't know that Reba was a legend before the TV show? Ain't never heard of no Reba. Wow. <laughs> Ain't never heard of no Reba till I saw her on that TV show. Mm-mm-mm. Well, we're all survivors, aren't we? Yes, we are. There you go. She sang that too. She did. She sung her heart out. But enough Reba talk. She's got enough press on the show today. Let's talk about our favorite topic. WWE, as the road to WrestleMania continues and all roads, pun intended, leads to Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes in the main event spot of WrestleMania night two for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And Cody Rhodes cut an absolutely great promo during the top of the second hour of Monday Night Raw talking about that fact in a very prophetic way as he discussed how he doesn't wear the suit. Because he's somebody. He wears a suit because he wants to be somebody. He's all about the journey and the destination, going through the highs and lows of his career to make it to WrestleMania because it's personal for him, because he has no problem getting into bloodline business, because it is his business when it comes to possibly reuniting Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for a common goal 
to face the bloodline. And these fans absolutely loved everything that Cody Rhodes had to say that the sun will set not only in LA, but on Roman Reigns' title reign as well. Come WrestleMania Sunday, April 2nd, 2023, he will fulfill the destiny of being the first Rose in his family to win a major championship in professional wrestling. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm talking about. The hype, the anticipation for this match and the calming nerves being fulfilled after some fear of, oh my gosh, it's Sammy and Cody. How can they coexist? Well, apparently Paul Levesque deserves a gold medal for balancing two things at the same time, serving two masters and having Cody Rhodes be the babyface and hopefully the guy to do what he needs to do by beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Yeah, they've done a really good job with Cody. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume that Cody's got some say in this, too. So I'm going to give Cody some love on that as well. And Cody's been real smart about making sure to, to reference Sami Zayn and talk about Sami Zayn's place in the story and role in the story. And Cody's also been smart as far as at least the last couple of weeks you know, he's been in matches. He's been having these high-intensity high matches. Then he goes into these promos, and I thought the promo was real good. And that's something that Cody's always been able to do. But what Cody, what, for me at least personally, what stands out for Cody that makes him, you know, kind of level up above the rest is that he just he still feels fresh. He still feels different. And he's been presented as a big deal from the jump. So he feels like a bigger deal. That that rest the the Royal Rumble win absolutely made him a bigger deal. Him talking about this legacy thing, and you feel like it's going to happen. It feels like that big moment is coming. The crowd, I mean, they're singing his entrance theme. They are absolutely singing his song. And when he hits that, whoa, man, it is getting louder and louder and louder. I mean, that it's. It is going to be deafening when he comes out for that WrestleMania crowd. I I just think the job that they've done with him as a babyface should be commended because they they are one of they're notoriously bad with babyfaces. Still are, to be honest with you. Cody's more of an anomaly than anything. But like I, I just think they deserve the praise for being able to keep a hot baby face when they had another hot baby face who everyone wanted to win. That's that's not an easy job to do. And then be able to transition it without really any backlash. That's that's very commendable and, and isn't something that isn't something that's really talked about. Like that's a big deal, man. That's a job well done. Cause now you have essentially two big main events. So I think that's just a great job all around by everybody involved. Yeah, and I have to say for Triple H as well, he trusts the process. He didn't divert. He didn't pivot. He didn't second-guess himself. He had a plan. And I always said to myself that I wanted Sammy and KO to go for the titles getting back to the summer of last year. So I wasn't going to divert from the plan, even though I love Sammy. And sure, I would love him to be champion someday on a big level as the heavyweight champion of the world if it's in his future. But Cody was kind of ordained from this since last summer due to the peck injury and he was meant to win the warrior rumble and there was no pushback the only thing that probably pissed off people was that we would prefer a surprise because we didn't get any surprises at the warrior rumble this year but besides that cody has been so over that theme song is incredible for him they pop 
in these key spots. They sing along and the pyro's extravagant and extra. I love all of that for him. The suit game's on point as well. So all of this has worked out perfectly. And as you mentioned, at WrestleMania night two, that main event, that entrance, if we thought last year's return was incredible, his entrance for this year's WrestleMania vying for a championship is going to be simply spectacular. I don't know if you're going to get your flyover. <laughs> if it happens, I will eat the biggest plate of humble pie on this show. Maybe with some Mountain Dew Dark or some black, whatever the hell that thing is called. <laughs> Sip on that a little bit because I'm going to use that sponsorship more so than somebody else. Am I being shady? Perhaps I am. But I'm going to be here for it. And most importantly, Scott, for one eye only, the Cody Vader will return. Hmm. Hopefully we don't get the uh, the pre-camera in the Cody Vader as well with him waiting to catch the elevator ride. Um, I'm also going to say we're definitely getting drones and, and Cody's big neck tattoo is going to be floating in the sky. <laughs> so, and that's what the jet's going to fly through. Oh, no. So that's, that's going to be the big show. And one other thing I want to point out is that you brought up the pyro. They're, the timing of the pyro has gotten to be on point a little bit. You know, when he throws up the world, the, like, the pyro goes up. Even when he throws the little back, the little uh, fist in the air, the pyro follows right behind. So they're, they're getting it all on point. Next thing you know, we're going to get a couple drones going out there. Cody's already doing it in his backyard. You know what I mean? They're already working, it, working the kinks out now. So yeah, it's going to be a great show. Whatever the gate is for night one, that's going to pay for the pyro for the main event. Oh, my God. Between Cody and Roman. Pyro inside, pyro outside, pyro post-match, pyro <laughs> everywhere. everywhere. It's going to be the most egregious pyro display in WWE history. All this money going for this main event, and rightfully so. But if we get a drone shot of those damn tattoos floating all over LA, <laughs> I am going to fall over because it's very possible. But... I have to say, one of the highlights of last year was Kevin Dunn fucking up the pyro in Cody's face. Every time you would look up, like, y'all bitches late again, huh? What, what y'all trying to sabotage me or something? Like, you will always have that look of, like, I'm going to sell like I'm fine, but deep down I'm pissed. I loved it. It, it then it became like it just became natural like you never expected it to be on time and then when it is on time it's like was something wrong did something go wrong there why why did that happen <laughs> that was too on point right there uh yeah but this that, that i i just i mean let's keep it 100 night two is probably gonna have like four matches because we need at least 30 minutes for the interest roman takes roman's walk is gonna be about 15 minutes so between that cody's gonna have some type of video play before his music hits so that's five minutes oh God. listen i'm i'm thinking the whole last hour of wrestlemania is cody roman the first 20 is the is the entrance the next five to ten is the uh, introductions, you know, going over the titles and all that. Then we got the five minute standoff because everybody's going to be chanting, Cody, Cody, you suck, you know, all that. So that's five more minutes. The match will begin in about, you know, an hour. And you know, until after that last hour, that, yeah, so about that, that whole last hour will be all Cody Roman. So what you're saying is, like, I should not bake a cake, but I can get me some Pillsbury cookie dough. <laughs> And I can just mold those babies up, put them in a cookie sheet, 
throw it in the oven and because Roman's interest would take about 20 minutes. Absolutely. And the cookies would be done, they're resting, and Cody's entrance would take about another five to ten minutes. All the pyro go off, the drone shots outside the stadium, and boom, I could eat my cookies and enjoy WrestleMania's main event. You could 100% bake some cookies by the time by the time the main event, like the when they start the main event from the very first video in, in the entrance until the actual match start. Absolutely. You could probably bake two sets. Now that's pushing it now. Two sets of cookies. That's, that's asking a lot. I can probably pull you, off 18. You can, you can miss it. You can miss an early couple headlocks. Ain't nothing going to happen, but a quick shoulder block. Roman's going to look at him, throw up the one, you know, that's going to happen. Cody might look at him and throw up a one to mock him or something, but that's all you're going to miss at the beginning. You're right, because Roman matches are methodically slow at first, and they'll pick up around the 15-minute mark, and right, then, ooh, right. the drama and the ref bumps, and then, there Jay, it is. then Jay will make his decision, because you know the decision is coming that night. But yeah, we are basically pinpointing this match for WrestleMania's main event, <laughs> and it's accurate <laughs> as fuck, by the way. So when we come back to review the show in two weeks, point for point, that would be the review, minus the moves. <laughs> Listen, we've, we're already halfway done. See? Can we actually clip this and add it to our actual <laughs> review in two weeks? And then jump in at the Listen, end. Between you and Jeremy, I think we can do anything we need to. You're going to cede the floor to Jeremy for the review. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying between y'all's magic as far as the editing and clipping. Uh, well, you know what? That's that's possible too. I was wondering if you gonna let him slide in for the for the for the review, possibly as well. You know, make you swell up. Oh more. yeah, he could, he could absolutely join. He could absolutely join. The more the more the merrier. It might be late as hell though. By the time the show's over. Well, you know, we've we've pulled late night once before, so we could do it again, or we could do it. Uh, you know, we need actually. We do need to figure that out. That, that is something we need to figure out. Whether we're gonna are we doing two separate ones? We're gonna do one big one. That is, we do need to figure that out. We did two last year. We had technical difficulties, blaming a certain <laughs> software program that ma- made us run to Skype at two thirty in the morning. So that's right. <laughs> that's right. That show was horrible, but great at the same time. I love that show despite yes. the the uh, lo fi quality of it. In terms of sound. Ray Mysterio working his magic again. His dark magic. He hates us. He really does. But I'm going to show him praise later on in this show, <laughs> if you can believe it or not. But we're going to continue with a topic that was actually on my mind for our Hot Topics on Wednesday when I put the show together a couple of days before we do our recording. And it was actually a discussion regarding Austin Theory bitching out the Street Profits. And I erased it. And then Scott reminded me on Thursday, hmm, I have an idea for a topic. Let's talk about Austin Theory's great week after getting absolutely ethered by John Cena the week before. And I said to him, I thought the same thing. So this is two co-captains in sync with each other regarding Austin Theory, which is shocking. But Austin Theory did have a very good week as U.S. champion because last week he was absolutely dragged for filth by John Cena in every sense of the word. He got tarred and feathered he got bitched out in boston he got red i loved it he's my fellow at alien but he deserved that smoke last week so 
he needed a redemption, so to speak. He needed a chance to redeem himself, to get back on track, to be a worthy opponent for John Cena at WrestleMania as he will defend his U.S. championship on the grandest age of them all. So this week, we have the Street Profits in the cut backstage. And they think they can make jokes at Austin Theory's expense about how he got chewed out by John Cena. And Austin Theory looked at them and said, well, look at me and look at you. I have a match against John Cena at WrestleMania for the United States Championship. What are you two doing at WrestleMania? Oh, that's right. You're not on the show. And hell, you might have a job in a few months. And hmm, let's see, which one of you are hungrier? Is it you, Dawkins, or is it you, Montez? Based on what I see before me, I think Dawkins is a bit more hungrier than Montez, who takes everything as a damn joke. And at that moment, the prophets had no answers to any of this. So you let a guy that got cooked by John Cena cook y'all a week later, and deservedly so, because he shouldn't have been talking shit. But I absolutely enjoyed this segment, despite the smoke the Street Prophets got. But shout out to Montez Ford, though, because only he, in 2023, could pull off the Cole Brown for Martin legendary bird call. <laughs> now that's that's a reference right there um shout out to you for that one listen austin theory man i'm gonna tell you what that's how you respond to a week like last week man i i think you nailed it as far as everything you said keela i do want to point out the street profits are dickheads let's just let's just throw that out there off the jump too like first of all who are y'all to be doing that like we got we got Montez, you know, looking real looking real dapper, you know, looking real clean. And then you got Angela looking like he ready to go who? <laughs> like what a pairing right there. You know what I'm saying? What a pairing. So then Austin Theory comes in the picture and they trying to clown him. And Austin Theory's like, listen, man, I'm United States champion. I'm about to face John Cena at WrestleMania. And you two who don't have a match have the nerve to want to clown me? Seriously. And to Austin Theory's credit, he cut a great promo because Dawkins was trying to get him. Then Dawkins showed a little fire. Montez showed nice fire. I'm going to say this, though. Looking at what Montez really does have something because when I see him on that screen, man, I can't take my eyes off him. He's got star quality. And I will go. I, I I will make this prediction too. I think Montez is going to be the one to take that title off Austin Theory. Whenever he does lose the title, I think it's going to be Montez that beats him. Uh, just the way they've played this story and, and what's going to happen next week, they're going to have a one on one match. So I, I like this story. If it, if this is what they're doing, maybe this is me reading too much or creating my own. But I like the entanglement that Montez and Austin Theory have kind of had for the last month or so. Me too. I love it as well. There is some marine tension between the two because you do wonder who's going to break out a bit more. My money's on Montez Ford. But Dawkins is great as well. He's not going to be the Janetti in this situation. He's going to be fine. No. He is really talented. Best shape in his life. So damn good in the ring. Charismatic as hell. He can carry his own weight. Montez Ford, he's Fresh Prince, as you talked about Elimination Chamber last month. And yes, Bianca Belair did put that entire fit together. And I'm like, damn. No wonder he looked great because she put him together nicely. And I go back to his performance in that chamber. The fans were already clamoring for that moment to him to be U.S. champion. I would not be mad at it. I would love to see it. 
sometime this spring or summer, but he's still my pick to possibly win Money in the Bank in the UK. I would love that for him so much. But Austin Theory needed the bounce back. He got it by way of the profits for talking too much shit. But they'll be fine heading into WrestleMania. They'll find their spot via a showcase match if rumors are to be true. But let's talk about the match between Dawkins and Theory because it was pretty good for what it was. But when Theory countered that clothesline splash with a right hand, he decked the shit out of <laughs> Angelo Dawkins. I think he went to Atlanta for a moment before going a downtown for the win. I was very happy because for a change, Austin Theory won clean. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. The I would have done one thing differently, and I get why they didn't do it because then you're you're really putting you're really kind of hurting Angelo, even though I don't think it would have. The only thing I would have done differently is if you're going to apply that STF, just win the match with it. Mm-hmm. Just just go ahead and win the match with that STF, and and just keep it on. You know, win the match, take it off, and then reapply it. Like I. I would have went full on a town down one two pick his head up hit the attitude adjustment STF tap him out like I full on yo I'm I'm ready for you John like I heard what you said I'm taking all of that and I'm 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 bringing it back here's that ruthless aggression you want and like that's that's what he that's what I was expecting him to do that's what I would have done with that just and even he can even cut that quick promo this is what you wanted this is how it's going to be from here on now this is the ruthless aggression that you asked for I'm ready for it like that's the promo he needs to cut anyway whether it's next week in the ring or in two weeks face to face but he's got to cut one of those promos where he's in the ring telling John hey I heard what you said, and I'm ready for this. I'm I'm ready for this moment. I'm taking this one, and I'm running with the ball this time. Because everything John said was true. So he still needs to reply to John with the way he he went at the Street Profits. He's still got to go at John like that one good time before Mania. I do love that during your commentary, and I don't know if you caught yourself in that moment, you came through with a very Bostonian accent when you spoke about (laughs) When you spoke about ruthless aggression, I was like, oh, Mark Wahlberg is here acting as John Cena. (laughs) I did not catch that. Listen, that's me playing 2K23 (laughs) showcase mode too much with John Cena. Now all of a sudden I got a Boston accent coming out. What in the world? (laughs) It's how you said ruthless aggression. Like, um... Scott's from Boston now? Okay. <laughs> I'll take Wahlburgers for 200, Alex. I would. 
okay that took me back a little <sighs> bit but i loved it that's that's great listen back you'll catch it at the the exact moment like boston scott into the chat that's like your eighth personality I, I listen i told you i was gonna have a seventh by wrestlemania i'm <laughs> now i might have to go to eight more so than someone else who has none right now <laughs> You, you got you got plenty of strays for this man tonight, huh? <laughs> you, got, you got you just firing them off in there tonight. Listen, <laughs> he set me up six months ago. Yeah, he got you. I had so much optimism and hope. I am unloading the clip, and Brock Lesnar was right. So, what can I say? He broke that man's <laughs> spirit. My apologies. My bad. Oh man! But we move on to Bianca Belair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Now, I am excited for the match because I know the match is going to be great, but the build has been a choice in my estimation. It's been a little bit too cutesy for me, and I love Asuka. I truly do. I love the new face paint. I love the street clothes. Sometimes the wardrobe was a bit of a choice for me. I love what she wore after the Warrior Rumble. That was really sleek and chic. The last couple of weeks wasn't filling the choices in terms of wardrobe, but at least it's different. But what I don't like is this cutesy act of let me spew goo out of my mouth. Let me take your championship and dance around for a good two minutes. It's a lot. I want this to be taken seriously because they can really deliver. But here's the thing. Of course, the match will be good, but I want to care emotionally about this feud. Why are we looking forward to this match. Yes, they're great, but give me the why. Give me the root cause because it's lacking for me. And it reminds me a bit of Sasha and Bianca a couple of years ago at WrestleMania. We knew at face value the match was going to be great, but the story heading into the match was shit because let's not forget, they were fighting over Reggie, the sommelier at the time, and Carmella. So the story leading up to the match is falling a bit short for me, even though the match would be great. But when it comes time for the match itself, I do wonder about the crowd reactions, whether they would care one way or another emotionally for Bianca and or Asuka when it counts most. Yeah, this is, I, I really don't think there's much you can do unless you're going to turn either Asuka or Bianca heel after, before or after Mania. But like, what, I, what was Asuka doing? I, the, I, if you're going to do the whole dancing thing, then you need to blow the mist at the end. Like you got to give me, you just, you, you laughing. Cause you, 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 you like the taste of it. Cause it tastes like blueberry. Like, is that what's funny? <laughs> is, is that why you got that, that look on your face? Like Oscar, Oscar is my favorite women's wrestler in WWE. Bianca Belair is number two. I know I talk about her all the time, but Oscar is my favorite wrestler in WWE women's wrestler. And I, I just, I, what are you doing with her? Let her just be a monster. Let her be somebody that Bianca fears. That's something that we don't have with Bianca, that we haven't seen with Bianca. And that's the one thing that she could actually use as a babyface is to fear something, to fear somebody. And when you brought Asuka back, the new makeup, the Kana look, you know, and shout out to Scott E wrestling, you know, if you want to learn more about that. But so, but when you brought that look back, you had an opportunity to make Asuka this dangerous person that people were scared to come face to face with whenever she brought that face paint out, which is another reason why you don't bring it out every single match. But 
you had an opportunity to create this entire story around the monster that Asuka brings out when she has the face paint. Instead, you've made the face paint just a normal thing. It's just a regular thing. And Bianca has no reason to fear it. So I just think this whole thing has been a missed opportunity. You're right. The match is going to be good, but it could have been great with a good backstory. That's the key. And now we have this will they coexist tag team match on Monday between Asuka and Bianca Belair versus Chelsea Green and Carmella. Like, great. So they will coexist. And then one will turn in the other, possibly Asuka missing Bianca Belair days before WrestleMania. Like, do it already. Give me a reason to emotionally care because I know I'm going to be standing for the entrance for Bianca Belair and Asuka. Those would be great. The match would be very good, possibly even great. But the backstory is missing for me, and that is a shame because this time last year, at least Becky and Bianca had a damn good backstory heading into WrestleMania. Becky got her hair cut as a way to say, hey, let me sell this. That's how you tell the story. And to me, this year, the story of Bianca Belair being the longest reigning black champion in WWE history is falling a little bit short for me. And that should not be understated or underrated heading into WrestleMania. Man, say that again with your chest. Come on now. I mean, like, why is it? Oh, my bad. It's not February. That's that's why they're not talking about that. My bad. It's not February. And Bianca's not on SmackDown. If Michael Cole was on Raw, he would have said that with his whole chest. Let me let me go ahead and say that. If he was on Raw, he would have said that with his whole chest. All right. So, but it ain't February, and we ain't got Michael Cole. Um, but I mean, you're right though. Like you're absolutely right. She is literally making history every single day. She's champion and we're not talking about that. Like I, I just, she, Bianca Belair is coming off of two classics at WrestleMania, two great matches, one history making match and one great match to open the show. So there, to, for me, there is a lot of pressure on this match. For, like not like pressure, but just I have very high expectations for this match because I've I've seen what Bianca could do at the highest stage, and I've seen what Asuka could do at this stage. So, that, and that's why I think the story for me is so disappointing because you could have just you could have had a great story and made me think maybe Asuka does take the title because Bianca's had it so long, and maybe it is time for something fresh. But I don't think there's any chance Asuka wins now. No, we could be surprised. You never know. But I'm just hoping that they can overcompensate by delivering a classic at WrestleMania. I don't doubt they can do it. But a nicer story to tighten things up would definitely help along the way. As we segue to the main event of Monday Night Raw involving one Kevin Owens versus Solo Sokoa in a street fight. And this match was fun for what it was. We had the table tease by Kevin Owens and Solo saying no tables for you in a great heel heat moment. A highlight was actually Kevin Owens setting up these t- these chairs in the ring, seats facing each other. So, you know, a bump is going to go down and Solo is going to basically toss Kevin Owens back first onto the seat of chairs. It's a horrible bump. But then what irritates me a little bit is moments later, Owens pops right back up. He beats all of ass at ringside. He splashes them into the barricade. They fight backstage. And then lo and behold, the Usos come out. They double super kick KO in the gorilla position. And they kick his ass down the ramp. And Solo hits Simone Spike on Kevin Owens for the victory. And Kevin sells this by spitting up blood. It's a very graphic visual that I did not care to see, but at least it sold the impact of Solo's finisher. But I blame Kevin Owens for all of this because he specifically told Cody Rhodes, 
I don't need anyone's help. I don't need you. I don't need Sammy. I can take care of the bloodline all by myself. And look what happened. You got your ass kicked all by yourself. But thankfully, he learned a lesson on Friday that you do need your friends after all. Yes, yeah, this, uh, this is absolutely a, a dumb baby face move that Kevin Owens did. Thought he was bigger than he was. Tried to take on a whole bloodline. Can't do that without your own bloodline there. Um, found that out the hard way. Good match. I didn't think it was great, but it was good. And, you know, the chair spot. First of all, why is Kevin Owens always doing these like tower of chairs things? Like he always making these towers with the chairs and then he always the one going through them. I don't think I ever seen him actually slam somebody through these towers he creates. I just want to see him do it one time. And secondly, you're right. This dude just popped up from getting slammed off the chairs. What? What? Come on. But yeah, the match was fine. I it's really, I mean, no no real story continuance. I did expect the Sammy to come out, but nothing. Why would Sammy come out? Why would he? Kevin said, fuck Why you, would- basically. And Sammy said, <laughs> okay, fine. I will stay at home with my beautiful wife and children. See ya. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm just, I was just trying to figure out a... a like, but nobody wanted to come out. Like, everybody's scared in the back. <laughs> Montez and, and, and Angelo, y'all ain't got nothing to do. Y'all scared in the back too? <laughs> y'all certainly ain't got nothing to do. Well, see, Scott, their edges got snatched by Austin Theory of all people. They were embarrassed, so they had to collect themselves. <laughs> True that. They ain't want to get embarrassed twice. Mm-hmm. Just saying. So would you want to come out there after Austin Theory of all people with his chain embarrassed you? And told you nothing but facts, saying, I have a match at WrestleMania. What do you have? Not even the pre-show. And guess what? They don't even do pre-show matches anymore. So you have nothing except maybe you can hold Bianca's coat before she gets out there to the ring, Montez. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. You really went in on Montez right there. Huh? I love him, but he shouldn't have been talking shit. I just gave him a couple body blows. You went full on Creed 3 on him. My apologies, Montez. I love you. God is good every day, isn't he? Yes, he is. God is good. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Every day. But you should have been talking about Austin Theory because he read you for filth and you had no answers. And that's why they weren't out there to save Kevin Owens because Kevin has no friends. Because let's not forget, Kevin Owens, despite everything, is a proven liar. Oh, KO's an (laughs) a-hole. Like, don't don't nobody like KO either. He an a-hole. Absolutely. No, No doubt about that. Yes. But I want to quickly go back to Monday Night Raw before we unfortunately have to talk about NXT. Let's delay the inevitable because, come on, seriously. I do want to mention, because we're going to dive into this deeper for SmackDown, the Dominic Mysterio race segment for Monday Night Raw because Dominic Mysterio is the most privileged little shit I've ever seen in my life. I love him. (laughs) This dude came out here and cried about his childhood trauma of my dad missed my graduations. He missed my promotions. He missed my birthdays. He missed all these special moments in my life. And then when I turned 16 years old, all my friends got Mercedes Benzes for their birthdays. You know what my dad gave me? The horror. He gave me a BMW 
Not only that, y'all, it was in class. Like, you little shit. You just dog in the car, a good car at that, that Ray gave you for your birthday. Egregious. And once again, Ray, despite his best efforts, refuses to fight his son and the crowd boos and Dominic eats it up. I love this storyline so much. I love it even more after Friday, but your quick thoughts on this, Scott, as apparently a BMW is too good for Dominic Mysterio in class series and all. I want to. I'm going to save my my real thoughts for the SmackDown segment because that's where we really get juicy. But uh, I thought this was a good segment. Um, Rey Mysterio is, I will say this, for as bad as a father as he is, he's a very good actor, which is pretty good because he's always been acting like a good father. So makes perfect sense. Hey, you talked about me having a stray from Montez Ford and other anonymous people on this show. Oh, oh, oh. That won't no stray. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the difference between what I just did and what you did to Montez. That wasn't a stray. That was a aim directly at your chest. Oh my God. Protect your neck. Oh Wu-Tang forever. Oh I'm sorry, Ray, for what happened. I think maybe, perhaps, Scott might apologize during SmackDown. Maybe. We'll see. But, damn. That's all I got right now. That was a hell of a shot you took at on him. <laughs> Booyaka. Nope. No promises on that, on that apology from SmackDown. Oh, Lord. We would get to that shortly, which was very insightful. But unfortunately, let's talk about NXT. Okay. Now, we've had an up and down relationship with NXT as of late. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. This week, it was really, really dry. And I want to point out three segments in particular in order. First off, we had Johnny Gargano come out to a nice ovation from the PC crowd. He talks about finishing what you start in honor of his son, Quill, because he wants to be able to live up to being a good dad, a fighting father, a man that is not going to allow another man to disrespect his house because a year and a, a year and a half ago, just about Grayson Waller disrespected disrespected Johnny Gargano by bidding his ass on his way out of NXT and subsequently WWE for a time. He's back now, and he wants revenge to stand and deliver for a full circle moment in LA in a couple of weeks' time. So as he's talking about disrespecting one's house, we have noted detective investigator Vic Joseph hop off of commentary. He says, psst, psst, Johnny. I got this phone right here. And apparently, Grayson Waller's on Instagram live, live streaming from your house. So Johnny looks at the footage and he runs away. Does not call the police. Okay? Does not alert the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing? At least when Seth Rollins broke into Edge's house, Edge called FTR, they're around the corner. Okay? They were, they were nearby as Beth and the children were shopping at Publix. I'm just saying. So in this case, Johnny Wrestling takes approximately 90 minutes to arrive back home. Half of the show has gone by, but he's made it. I don't know where Johnny lives. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a condo, an apartment complex? I don't know. The um, WWE salary isn't salaring right now for him. So they're still living 
in the Oscars of Orlando, apparently. So Grace Waller is outside and they're fighting. And Johnny actually has the advantage for a time. And then we have Grace and Waller throw dirt in Johnny's eyes and he takes control. During this time, noted thespian Candice LeRae appears on the front porch holding baby wrestling quill. We've seen Candace act before the other way a couple of years ago. She's actually a good performer. I don't know what happened here. Your husband is going to get ass kicked in front of you and your son, who you decided to bring outside for this visual ass whooping. So like Dominic. Somebody called Child Protective Services. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So Candace is saying, stop, stop this right now. What are you doing? Like in the most monotone voice, like your husband is getting beat up by another dude and your baby is watching this being scarred for life. But you're calm about this because I guess as a wrestler, you've seen things. So this is very second nature to you. So you watch your husband get curb stomped repeatedly by Grayson Waller. You don't even help. So then you go down and check on Johnny very nonchalantly while holding baby quill baby quill like damn dad you got beat up like that <laughs> you my daddy really this is how you gonna do things at our house so in 25 years quill will be dominic mysterio on nxt <laughs> telling his dad johnny gagano hey dad remember back in 2023 you got your ass kicked in front of me i do i have the tapes and guess what you ain't shit Listen, first of all, we we got to we got to talk about Candace, man. I, first of all, instead of putting the baby in the crib and locking the door or something, you know, and closing the door and and then bringing the key and locking the doors to make sure your baby's safe in there, because <laughs> you got a madman out here. You have a madman out here. Lock or locking, better yet, locking yourself inside the house with with your baby. You bring the baby out. Where the madman is beating your husband with a broom. She, he just broke a broom over your husband's back. He throwing trash cans. And you out here with the baby. Where are your neighbors? Where they at? What they doing? Because I know I got nosy neighbors. And if I was fighting in the backyard, I'd have had about three cops called at least by, <laughs> at least by the second punch. <laughs> Maybe it's the neighborhood. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't, but listen, I, I just have a lot of questions. You bring up the time frame. 90 minutes. You were you waiting on an Uber? Did you have to stop and get gas somewhere? Where exactly did the time go? I, listen, this pissed me off. This whole thing was awful. Like this was this dude instead of getting on the phone while you're running like hey, let me let me call the cops, you know, let me call Candace, lock the door. There's a Grayson's there. <laughs> lock the door. I'm going to just run. Did, did he run home? Did he just run? Did he force gump it? Did he force gump it back to the crib and just run? I, like this is this is this is awful, and it only gets worse. It does. This was trash. I'm not gonna lie, because garbage. This was as bad 
as when Triple H broke in Randy's house and Randy had his TV wife at the time and she could not act. And there were like random people at the house at ungodly hours of the evening during Monday Night Raw. Like, Randy, who the fuck were these people running <laughs> In the laundry room. Look, it wasn't like it wasn't like they were hanging out either. They were just there. <laughs> they were, there nobody was having drinks. There wasn't no food laid out. There was legit a dude running through the laundry room. Like, what is happening at your house, Randy? But it's like they forgot they were about to film and the crew's trying to get out the way. <laughs> and then then Triple H throws Randy through the glass window. And then in St. Louis, Missouri, allegedly, in the dead of winter. The grass was green and pristine. <laughs> I'll never forget that visual. Wow, that grass is green as fuck to be what? L- early March in St. Louis? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and listen, and you know Triple H, he had to have one his old, like his full on attire. And so he got to make the coolest and he got to kick the door down and stuff <laughs> and all this. Like, but But this was worse. This was worse than that. This was worse when the, than when Randy burned down uh, the 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 fun house or whatever it was of Bray Wyatt's. Your boy. This is this is worse than that. <laughs> okay, like this this was one of the there. I don't think I've seen a good home invasion except for like I don't even consider the the Steve Austin Brian Pillman one good as much as it's just like wow. They did that. I don't think I've seen a good one. This is by far the worst one. This was the worst one I've ever seen. I love the Seth invasion last year because it was fuck your couch energy all day. Like leave the fridge But see, that's open. not like a... Yeah, see, that's different. See, like, nobody's there. Nobody's getting... Nobody's kicking a door down, getting tossed or window. There's no babies potentially being harmed by dirt being thrown in the air randomly. You know, he's just having some milk. And drinking from the bottle. And leaving it on the counter and not even putting it back in the fridge and then disrespecting the children's artwork, saying these kids can't draw for shit. I mean, that was Seth's energy, and I love that for him. (laughs) To be fair, that might be more disrespectful than what happened to Johnny Gargano, to be fair. That is true. He came for that kid's art. Not even that. Drinking the milk out out the bottle, that is the most egregious thing I think he did. And left the fridge door open. Because you know they use that milk the next day. You know ain't nobody go to the store that night. Beth was at Publix, apparently. <laughs> with the girls. <laughs> that milk was, the milk was full. What she was getting, they had a full thing of groceries in that fridge. Yeah, she was getting some venison, some deer, some duck. Because you know they live in the woods. <laughs> That's true. You're you right. Good <laughs> boy, man. She was out getting some venison with the kids. <laughs> This this dude said, "Listen, I gotta I gotta embrace the role. I gotta do some method acting for Vikings. So <laughs> get some, gotta get some venison. Gotta live the lifestyle." Okay, I'm what? just saying, get some venison for real. Okay, get that deep that. cut shit. And then, like he told David and Daniel, "Hey, check my house. At least they went over there and checked the house." What Seth left? Just saying. <sighs> Seth was like, "Yeah, I ain't, I ain't fighting them boys." I, I do flips. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't with the fist. <laughs> See, all of that was better than the shit we saw on Tuesday. See, Reliving absolutely, that no better. doubt. You're right. You're absolutely right. Touche. All right. So, venison. Way too much time on that. 
I'm still stuck on venison, how I came up. Okay. <laughs> I, I wanted to, did you, did you watch The Last of Us? Have you been watching The Last of Us? I've been watching that, and then I watched um, the Tournament of Champions today on demand, and I saw venison being cooked. So that's on my brain right now. See, there it is. There it is. Yeah, but Bambi is delicious. Just saying. It's a great gamey meat. Mm -hmm. Now that just took a dark turn. <laughs> well, that's what <laughs> That's what it is essentially. Listen, we 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 all know what it is, but you ain't gotta you ain't gotta name it. <laughs> you ain't gotta name the Bambi though. We all got it. We all love Bambi. We all got love for Bambi. I, Don't nobody want to eat Bambi. All right. To be fair, Bambi's mama. <laughs> she was great venison when that man shot her. But I'm gonna leave that alone. Can't even look Bambi in the eye while yet because I done ate his. I done ate your mom. <laughs> Can't even look you in the eye. How that also was delivered by you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. There's, there's a lot to unpack there. There's, there's a whole lot to unpack in that sentence right there. If somebody just hopped on and heard that sentence from the pod, it had no context. Okay, what's going on here? I need to know what's going on here. Oh. I hope that's not what's getting clipped for YouTube. <laughs> Listen, it might give NXT some views because this show sucks. <laughs> might get more views. <laughs> Help them. All of this was better than the home invasion. And what's next on the agenda? Because, you know, it's very important as wrestling fans to sometimes suspend our disbelief. But even I cannot turn my brain off to a live camera crew taking part and a break-in of someone's office. Oh. Because Fallon Henley and Josh Briggs decided to break into Kiana James's office at night with a camera crew in tow who was a participant of this break-in. They get in the office and they're trying to find dirt on Kiana James to prove that she's cheating on the version. Brooks Jensen. They're trying to find this proof that she's been leaving, that she's been living a life of dishonesty and infidelity so there were some flowers delivered last week to her and she hit the card so they're going through the plan and we got briggs and his damn camo hiding in the cut like an idiot he pops back up and then they're going through the planner and they have a plan regarding hey i'm going to become tag team's champion i'm going to give me a boyfriend and books jensen so kiana's plans are planning and then we get to the card that Sebastian gave to Kiana James. And then they read the card saying, I had a great night at dinner and an even better morning. And then they drew the conclusion that Kiana's been stepping out on a guy named Sebastian. So they leave. And they don't put anything back where it properly belongs. As the camera crew is an accessory to this crime. Now, <laughs> on top of that, you don't think Kiana James and Brooks Jensen are not going to look back on this footage, which is probably on YouTube, by the way, easily accessible. What the hell are they going to say on Tuesday when they looked back at this criminality take place in real time? What do you mean? We, we went into Apollo's brain and nobody had anything to say about that the next week. So. This doesn't surprise me at all. Um, 
I'm, I'm really glad that you gave that recap because when I saw Mr. Briggs with the full tree outfit on, <laughs> I turned it off. I skipped past that part. I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. After, after having to watch the home invasion and then having to watch a home break in on the same show. Like I, I'm wondering where is on patrol live when you need them? How come nobody's on patrol when you need them? I, what is this? What this is not a TV show. Like this is not a, a sketch comedy show. What is going, Hunter? I mean Walker H Walker Tech is Texas HBK. You know this is this is not all that. This is not Saturday Night Live, buddy. You don't get to just do whatever you want. This is crazy. I this was awful. <laughs> Absolutely awful. And everything you described from what I didn't see sounds awful. And the only silver lining, and it's not even a silver lining, if Vince McMahon was still in charge, I would be very concerned that Sebastian would be Jay White. Oh, God, no. If if Vince McMahon was in control, I would absolutely have that fear. Thank God he's somewhat not there. Jay, if that is your future change your mind now rescind the contract get out while you still can go to AEW I actually encourage that go 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 I'll give you six cheddar biscuits if that happens I swear <laughs> listen my man yeah don't if they want to change your name to Sebastian and have you feuding with Jack off Jensen you know with Brooks and Dunn just tell just say no homie you know just say no Pass on that with all due respect. Take care of your business somewhere else if that had to be your choice because, good Lord, I don't want that for him. I don't want that for us. This storyline sucks. I loved it at first. It jumped the shark this week officially. I'm kind of over it now. And damn it, Scott, Josh Briggs doesn't want Kiana James. Damn it. That would have been the story. I I mean, like, what? What? So now, I, like, I don't want to. I was really hoping that Jackoff Jensen was in on the whole thing. Maybe he's Sebastian. Maybe he's got like this whole other personality. But this whole thing is awful. I don't. I don't care, man. I don't care about NXT. I'm just waiting on the special. Just, just give me like you have so much talent on that roster, and you can't give me like, you can't give me a, one of the Coffee Brothers versus a creed brother and for 10 five 10 minutes instead of this like what are we doing it's insulting and i'm over it and i hate to say it because normally this is a guilty pleasure of mine but not this week this is pretty damn bad and even even scott i have to go in on my girl roxanne perez and whatever the hell is going on with her and the nxt women's championship i was not a fan of the fainting last week at the end of the match against miko satamora for the championship, which is very good, by the way. But Shawn Michaels wants to live like it's 1995, playing off his favorite storylines, Walker HBK, doing too damn much. So we got a doctor basically telling us everything's good. Heart's good. Brain's good. She's doing good. But we don't know what's wrong. We can't diagnose the exact issue. But everything is looking good in terms of the inside stuff. Medically speaking. Then we get to Booker T, who just heard the doctor say, it's all good. We, 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 we still wonder what's going on, but in terms of her physically, she's doing all right. Booker T, noted medical expert, tells us, 
It's touch and go right now. Don't know what's going on. It's looking, it's looking, hmm. Things are happening. Don't know, but it's touch and go. (laughs) (laughs) Did the doctor just say she was all right? But didn't even he didn't know what was going on. Like this is doing too much. This is when baby facing goes wrong. When you go to the extremes to make somebody sympathetic, she doesn't. And to make somebody sympathetic, she doesn't need that. She's great as she is, and maybe perhaps there is a legitimate injury as to why she's missing from TV right now. But this is the very definition of doing too much you already have a volatile crowd at the pc who can turn on you in a moment's notice if you're doing too much this to me scott is doing too much for somebody who doesn't need all the extraness to get over as a baby face she's great as she is roxanne is a future star unless you literally try to make her stumble and fall and give her a reason not to be like that is the only thing stopping her from literally being a a a foundational piece of any organization and yet hbk wants to go back to the gimmick he had when orton was punting and rkoing people back in the day and hbk all of a sudden had head injuries and like i i don't even like she doesn't even have a match so it's not like this is to soften her up for this heel opponent you know who is coming after the title or something like that. So their titles in jeopardy. She doesn't even have a match. So we're not even building towards something. You know, it's not like she has a, a surprise opponent or something. We're, we're not even building towards something. We're about to be at the biggest, uh, the, the WrestleMania for NXT. And you're not even building towards anything with your women's champion who you've built up for this since she's been there to be this star and to be this foundation in the division. And you are not building towards anything at your WrestleMania at your biggest show of the year. It's, it's baffling to me. And, and you got Booker T who I, I love Booker T I'm all for his commentary. I think he can be really good sometimes when he's engaged, but he was in his own world. Like, (laughs) You just lay, they just laid it out like you just said. And he's like, I don't know, I don't know. If it's, what what don't you? What's touch and go? What, what did you hear that you don't understand? That you can't cop? That Vic can't break down for you? Like, I the show was awful, man. Like NXT, it NXT is like just the biggest. You just never know what you're gonna get, man. Like. You could have a couple weeks ago. It was great. Like we had great matches, a good flow, and then tonight I thought everything on the show was bad. I can't think of one good thing on the show. We're scripts. At least, at least scripts. I could see a good flip. I ain't even seeing that now. Scripts was on the show on Tuesday. I I must have missed scripts. Scripts was writing scripts. (laughs) (laughs) Yo. Come on, man! Like, why, why we, why we, why we got this man in the? In a, this first of all, this dude's name is Scripps. Okay, like, what are we doing? Secondly, what's up with the hacker gimmicks in NXT? Like this, you know, this superhero hacker thing. What's what's up with that? 
So we have NXT Anonymous, who is just backstage getting all the tea, doing more work than Mustafa Ali three years ago as the hacker. And then we have scripts writing scripts backstage in the dark in his mask. And then I immediately thought of you because we read him for filth a couple of weeks ago on this show because you wanted scripts back just in time to cause trouble for the version. <laughs> Listen, he he is the key to all of this. He is going to be the key to all of this. I, I must have missed him when I fast forward after the Briggs segment, but man, yeah, we're scripts that man. I I if you ain't gonna give me if you're gonna give me a break in and a home invasion, just give me scripts flipping. And 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 doing little secretive stuff. Give me him doing his ghostwriter stuff. Oh my god! Not you bringing up ghostwriter. Ooh, that's a hell of a reference right there. Ghostwriter, wishbone. What y'all know about them? Oh my god! You are targeting my very childhood. Ghostwriter. <laughs> These children today do not understand the greatness of ghostwriter. Don't have a clue. You don't understand. Don't have a clue. You don't appreciate. Ghostwriter. You don't know about that black pen that you had to write in to make sure that Ghostwriter could read it. You don't know about that black pen you had to have, that certain black pen. That makes sure he would show up. Come on. To scramble, to unscramble the words now. And on top of that, he made composition books cool. Okay? <laughs> right? I got one just, just so I could write little stuff to Ghostwriter. And don't even get me started on Wishbone. Oh my God. You want to talk about somebody who can go through the history. You want to talk about different personalities. That man had them all. Wishbone educated you on the classics. I didn't know about Mark Twain before Wishbone. I didn't know about Cyrano before Wishbone. I didn't know about Whip Van Rinkle before Wishbone. That man educated me on the Odyssey. That man shot a bow and arrow and got his woman. <laughs> Wishbone got <laughs> girls. He bagged chicks on the show on a regular basis. Wishbone has swag. Swag for days. He was Robin Hood. Yeah. Hey, listen. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Classics. All better <laughs> than NXT this week, by the way. Us talking about stuff from nearly 30 years ago was superior than NXT. Keith Lee's Keith Lee's outfits are better than NXT. <laughs> Not you coming for the cape again. Hey, listen. I, he know better. Like, he's got to know better, right? Somebody got to tell him. Better than Scripps' outfit. Is it? It is. <laughs> okay. Scripps right. looks like a bootleg hamburglar. <laughs> He does. He does. Oh man, scripts. Scripts looks like scripts looks like a poor version of those uh, those writers from Lord of the Rings. Oh God. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm trying to recover here, but because why not trash this show even more? Because we talked about Ghostwriter, Gooey Gus scripts. The end. <laughs> week <laughs> oh man nxt was really bad and i mean we didn't even talk about the show like that should tell you everything you need to know about the show the show was bad but i will say the one glimmer of grace that was good was so and zoe stark i did like that match a lot 
Shout out to Zoe. Zoe is a is a professional man. She she does her job, and Sol Ruka is definitely a, a blue chipper. So yeah, I'll give you that. You can have that. I'll, I could definitely watch that, but it's not worth going out of your way to watch the whole show. Just find that on YouTube. Absolutely, get your two minutes and be done with the show. Don't even give them the view. Damn, pirate it off Twitter. Find the highlights, and then there you go. That's all you need to go on. But this wraps up a very bad NXT. But we covered it to the very best of our ability by talking about Wishbone and Ghost Rider, which are both better than this show this week. But let's segue to a better show. Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. A very good build to WrestleMania with some great talking segments. But I want to shout out one Zelina Vega, who dare I say on this live mic today, that she might have had her best performance ever in a WWE ring because she was on fire during this mixed tag team match between herself and Cedric Escobar versus Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio. This was highly entertaining. And anytime Zelina and Rhea were together in the ring, they tore it up. We had her Karanas, moonsaults. We had Zelina delivering knee strikes with precision. She was working. DDT to Rhea Ripley spiking her on her head. But unfortunately for Zelina Vega, she gets caught up with a riptide by Rhea and she ate that for the one, two, three. But I really enjoyed this match and Zelina Vega was a highlight. And I did see someone on Twitter note that maybe, perhaps, maybe, possibly, you could do Zelina and Rhea Ripley in Puerto Rico for Backlash in May. Perhaps. Why not? Yeah, Zelina looks fine. Um, they all... <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I had a hard time taking her serious when I saw her stand next to Rhea and she came up to like Rhea's thigh. Like I, I just like, it's just like, I don't know, man. It was hard for me. Like She looked good. She did good. And the DDT was nasty. The, the, the tornado DDT or tilt the world DDT. That was nasty. Um, who would have thought her working as a baby face would be the best that she has looked in WWE. I agree with you on that. I wasn't quite blown away by it. Like I, like I feel like she's still, from what I've seen, at least maybe the fifth best on SmackDown, maybe. But I thought it was fine, I, you know. And I, while we're talking about that match, I thought it was really smart to have. I think it's really smart to have Santos working with Dominic Mysterio. Also, by the way, that's also a really smart thing. They're doing NXT better than NXT right now. Ain't that saying something? They're saying a whole lot right now. But look who used to run NXT, Triple H. So is that That's saying true. more for That's him true. than Walker HBK, who is doing some very questionable things down in Florida right now in terms of creativity? But I digress on all of that. But great job by Santos. And I have to also shout out Dominic because he's actually getting better with the three amigos. The hips are hipping. Scott, they're improving. Yeah, his hip's still lying. He definitely ain't got no Shakira in his blood. Um, but <laughs> I, you know, he's definitely improving in the ring, though, for sure. Um, I, I and that's and I think it's been smart of who he's working with, who he you know him working having Finn and Damian by himself. Like, I just think it's been really smart who he's been working with and stuff. So I I like the continued improvement of Dominic Mysterio, uh, and I. I I think Dominic Mysterio has got to be an early favorite for most improves for next year's voting. Like I, I think he's, he's going to be a, in the running all year. I think for most improved and best gimmick really. Cause this is really, that's, that's a good point. 
this has taken on a life of its own. The prison ideology over the last couple of months has been amazing. And Corey Graves, I get on him a lot on commentary, but it's over the top praise of Dom's prison record. It's hilarious to me. It's <laughs> never ending jokes. And I love that because he's not serious in the least, but I love him for that. But let's talk about the highlight of this segment, which was actually Dominic and Rey Mysterio going back and forth in the microphone. Because once again, Dom Cow's once again, Dom calls out Rey Mysterio, and Rey Mysterio comes out, and Dom goes in on Rey being an absolute father. You miss Christmases, birthdays, you've missed my graduation, you've missed important moments of my life, all because you were selfish, all because you needed this moment to be in the WrestleMania spotlight. You chose yourself over your family, and he's going in, and Rey admits, you know what? I have been a bad father at times. I have missed birthdays and Christmases and and graduations and football games and other sporting events. I have done all those things, but I did those things to provide for you because we know the Mysterios. I call them the first family in wrestling for a reason because they wear nothing but designer fits from Givenchy to Louis Vuitton to Gucci de Prada. They wear the name brand stuff and they walk out the car in the Maybach. They're in name brand stuff, always sharp. And Ray says, I afforded you a very good lifestyle. Hell, when you was in trouble as a teenager, you use that name to get yourself out of trouble a whole lot. So, you know, it hurts me that I hurt you, but I still love you, son. And as you mentioned and alluded to earlier, Scott, Ray's acting was so good that you can feel him breaking down in real time and you can kind of see Dom perhaps softening towards his dad. You can see this realness in this moment, which I appreciate it because he says, despite everything, I'm going in the Hall of Fame and I would love for you to be by my side, standing next to me for my induction ceremony. But don't get it twisted. If there was some punk, arrogant kid that was going to call me out for a match at WrestleMania, I would kick his ass, no lie. And everybody was cheering because we thought finally Ray accepts the challenge. We're going to pull out the switch. It's going to be Dom versus Ray WrestleMania. But then once again, Ray pulls back and says, you know what? Despite everything, you ain't worth it, son. I'm not going to put my hands on you. I'm not going to fight your WrestleMania. I love you too much. And once again, Ray Mysterio walks away and Dom says, you're a quitter. You taught me what, to, what you always do, which is walk away from a fight. And Ray turns around, but he keeps walking away. So this is building towards Dominic doing something absolutely egregious to get his dad to face him at WrestleMania, possibly at the Hall of Fame ceremony, because we got two weeks to go into WrestleMania. And I do wonder what dastardly act Dom is going to pull off in order to stick it to his dad at WrestleMania. But Scott, your thoughts on all of this? Because I thought Ray did a pretty damn good job on the microphone despite him reneging on beating his son's ass at WrestleMania for now. So as everyone knows, and it's been well documented on this show, I have been Ray Mysterio's number one hater, proud, running the fan club, double checking all the applications twice a night. I got to say, man, as a father, because his acting is on point because he definitely acts like a good father. But as a father, he got me, man. Like when he started talking about like I did, I I missed all that. You know, I missed all that. So you could have this lifestyle and we live the best lifestyle. And he did all that. He got me. And I was like, all right, man, you know what? I feel you on that. That's real. I feel that because as a parents can do as great of a job as they want. Some kids, you know. 
they're just gonna they're just gonna act out like i was like my parents were great to me there were times where i still acted out so i completely now as a father i completely understand what he's talking about so i thought that was great just a great promo then he flipped the switch and he went he went in on him and said but if some disrespectful punk kid talked and i was like okay ray you know what I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. I'm on your side. I'm flipped. I'm 619, baby. Let's get it popping. West Coast pop. I'm all in. And then this dude went and and just lost. He's pulled the rug out. You know? He, he reneged on a book that he had. He said he didn't have no hearts. The dude had a heart in his hand. We had to take three books from him. <laughs> this is spades, baby. We at the table. And I'm and so now I'm back on the hate and Ray Mysterio train. I know when it happens, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fully on board though. Let me throw that out there. But as of right now, I am back on the Ray Mysterio hate train. But this was a fantastic segment all around. Hold on. Wait a minute. Had to give me some water for a second. But I heard everything because I had you playing over the speaker. No, you did not. On this here air, bring up spades. <laughs> and not only that, you said you was good for four, a possible five, and you only <laughs> turned three books and you got set. That's because I had that's because my partner Ray Mysterio reneged. <laughs> He said he ain't had. He said he ain't had no. He said he had hearts. He ain't had no hearts. He reneged. You know, lost three books because of that man. And got set. I never. I, thought, I was trying to run a Boston. I never thought in all of my years as a podcaster <laughs> that we would bring up spades on this show. I feel proud and very black at this moment. <laughs> This is definitely a uh, a cookout, a cookout type podcast. Let me just say that. We, but but to be fair though, to be fair, we started off with Reba. You know, we started this whole shebang off with Reba. Now we at the cookout. We very diverse over here at the Rap. We are very diverse to go from Reba McIntyre to a game of spades <laughs> and Ray Mysterio reneging with hearts. Cause he miscounted cause that 10 wasn't going to couldn't cut that spade. Damn Ray. God damn it. Ray. <sighs> that dude thought that Jack was going to fly. Now I'm cutting that homie. Damn. She thought this was, but all facts though. Ray's performance, despite being an absolutely horrible father in storyline was great. Terrible. I felt those tears. I absolutely loved Ray during this segment. I want him to kick. Dominic's ass but we had a theory and it's a running theory to only here but other places too that if we get to the Hall of Fame ceremony in a couple of weeks in LA Ray is the headliner this will be the last thing we see before night one of Wrestlemania and, and honestly it's the the, the the last thing we'll see before Sand and Deliver but Conan is supposed to induct Ray Mysterio who happens to be Ray's best friend and Dominic's godfather and Conan is going to be about the heat in that moment so it is not outside of the realm of possibility for Dominic to absolutely knock the shit out of Conan, piss off Ray, and then Ray says, okay, son, you have pushed me to my limit. You pick a night where I can whoop your ass, either tomorrow or Sunday. You pick the day, I get the switch. 
Listen, if Dominic Mysterio walks up on stage and smacks the hell out of Conan and sends that man back to, Mex- back to Mexico, okay, I will lose my mind. Lose it. Absolutely lose it. I think that's a great idea. It is phenomenal. It is the one thing outside of Dominic putting his hands on his mom that would absolutely push Ray over the top to say, you know what? You've done it now. I whoop your ass. Pick a day. Pick a day, pick a time for me to whoop that ass. And I am here for it. Yeah, because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, ain't nobody putting hands on Angie. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put it in and put the kibosh in that one. They probably already pitched that to her. She said, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and let Don put hands on me and, and then let that boy see what happened. Go ahead. He's seeing heaven. Let any one of them. Hey, go ahead and let any one of them put hands on me and see what happened. He's seeing heaven. He, she already popped Rhea. And Rhea. <laughs> with a cold left. With a cold left and Rhea had no answer. And then Don with the jail. Talking about mommy hit mommy, which is still an unforgettable line. And to clarify for the record as well, as we diss NXT one more time, Ray's neighbors were outside during that fight on Christmas Eve. Come on. They, and they was in Come the streets on. peeping. Like, what the hell going on with the Mysterios? Nosy. Mm-hmm. Because grandma... Everybody has one. Because grandma and, grandma and granddad Mysterio called everybody and said, look, something going down over here. I don't know. <laughs> you need to check it out. And sure enough, everybody in the street checked it out. But 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 Johnny Gargano and Candace apparently live at the end of a colder sack <laughs> with no other house. The last house on the left. <laughs> Apartment twelve. That's where they were right. at. Right. Or or the condo. They were somewhere yeah, in Orlando. Ridiculous. In the Everglades. One BR. Oh my God. They were somewhere out there. That's all I got. But on some barbarian type stuff. <sighs> NXT sucked, y'all. Just want to clarify that one more time as we move on to a highlight of SmackDown involving Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion, and Rhea Ripley, her WrestleMania opponent for the SmackDown Women's Championship at night one or night two of WrestleMania, most likely night one. So we needed to heat up this feud for quite some time now, and I think we did that via this segment as Charlotte Flair cut a really good promo. And what I like about Charlotte's run this time is that she is leaning less into the queen gimmick and using the queen speak that she's speaking as Ashley, which I appreciate. And she made a very valid point. This year's WrestleMania is about a flair and a Rhodes. Same way it was 30 years ago, a flair was champion or a challenger and the Rhodes in, in the terms of Dusty was fighting for a championship. And here we are once again, full circle main eventing WrestleMania's respectfully. But Rhea Ripley wants to be a star. To be a star, you got to beat the star. To be a star, you've got to be the champion in me. And Rhea Ripley comes out and she basically tells Charlotte, you are good as advertised. You are the champion for a reason 14 times over. And I like the fact that Rhea Ripley said, you know what? I also want to be Aka Belair. And there's a reason I didn't pick her right now. But I'm going to get back to that later. Like, please do because we want to see it. So Rhea talks about how everybody fears her man, woman. Fears her, but Charlotte Flair doesn't fear Rhea Ripley, and that pisses her off. So to make her fear her at WrestleMania, she's got to beat her because she wants to be a superstar too. She wants to be on the same level, if not above Charlotte Flair. And it's a really deep, personal conversation. I dig it. 
Dom kicks up dirt, getting in Charlotte's face. And from there, Rhea takes a cheap shot at Charlotte Flair, knocks her down. And from there, Charlotte says, let me take off the high heels. Let's get to scrapping. Let's get to fighting. We have a brawl that is on point, back and forth. We have swinging, scrapping, fighting. We got referees and security guards being knocked down and booted by Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley. They're getting it in at ringside, over the barricade, through the crowd. It is a brawl. And I enjoyed it. It needed this heat and spice heading to WrestleMania because there was rumors and speculation this could be the night one WrestleMania main event. And I love both ladies. And I know they will deliver at the highest level because I've seen them do it at WrestleMania in front of no one three years ago and a money in the bank in 2021 when the fans wanted Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair flipped in the bird said you guys can suck it and she proceeded to deliver one of her best performances ever alongside Rhea Ripley so I firmly believe they will deliver in that spotlight and they needed this story but to me it still is not quite WrestleMania main event worthy but they gave it a damn good try and I did laugh at someone comparing Charlotte Flair to a highlighter and then Charlotte Flair liked the post because she did like a badass highlighter scrapping against Rhea Ripley. No lies. I I might go as far as to say I think this is one of Rhea Ripley's best promos she's ever cut, at least that I can think of. I thought everything she said was on point. She sounded like she meant everything she said. And I I actually really liked the bit about when I walk by, everyone has a little bit of fear in me, except you, you know, and it. I, I don't like that. Like, that really bothers me. So I I like that look because that is Rhea's whole thing. Like, she is a very intimidating thing, and she's been she's been beating up Edge for the last two months. You know what I mean? Like, she's just been taking out anybody who steps to Dom. She's been laying them out. So I, I really like that, and I like the fact that you mentioned Charlotte is getting away from the Queen's talk, you know, and – I also appreciate the fact that she's not really leaning into being this super babyface either. She just genuinely sees herself as this star, you know. Whether you whether you know people want to admit she is or want to you know or think she is or think she's overpushed, which she might be. That's fine, but she is one of the top women, and she absolutely carries herself like that. She carries herself like the biggest star in the division, whether she is or not. She carries herself like that, so you believe it. You may, you tell me something. You tell tell me something's true. I'm I'm a believer unless I have a reason not to. And she definitely doesn't give you a reason not to when she talks. She's got the conviction. So this was a really strong segment. Nice pull apart. They look like two beasts just tossing dudes off of them as they keep going after each other. Not enough for me to main event. I I don't think you can go away from Sammy and KO. I think this is a great opening match. I think that's you'll have the crowd hottest. They'll be fully behind Rhea, whether Charlotte wants it to be like that or not. And I, Charlotte's going to put another great performance. Again, whether people want to admit it or not, Charlotte Flair is really good at this wrestling thing. She is one of the greatest big match performers in WWE history. And Rhea Ripley, ever. ever. And Rhea Ripley is one of her greatest opponents, ever. I have seen them compete and they don't miss. They're going to have a hell of a fight at WrestleMania. Whether it's the main event or the middle of the show or the kickoff, they're going to absolutely tear the house down. That's what they do. And it will be a heated match. It will be great. It will be one of the best matches 
of the weekend. And I love a motivated Charlotte who can go and Rhea Ripley will always be motivated. So I expect this to be a damn, if not great match at WrestleMania night one. During the pandemic, I, that WrestleMania where they wrestled, I thought that was the best match at that WrestleMania. And that's the same mania with KO and Seth Rollins. And they put on a great match too. So I, with a crowd behind them to amplify the match. Yeah, this, this is going to be a great match. Like this, this, the Bianca match, like they, the women are, are, have real opportunities to steal the show again. Absolutely. And in the event that this is the main event, I won't be mad about it, but I just know for a fact, Charlotte Flair main eventing WrestleMania will be definitely on her game that night. Cause she got a point to prove. Oh, oh, not only yeah, because she's gonna get booed. I, I, I fully expect Rhea to go in there fully cheered, and Charlotte in the main event. People are like, "Oh my God, it's Charlotte in the main event again!" And you're right. That's when she thrives anyway. When everyone is against her and wants her to fail, and it's like, "Oh my God, we're sick of you, booey." That's when she thrives. She she always thrives in those type of situations. Like she feeds off that, and that's why she's just so great as a natural heel because she can feed off the hate and energy. So yeah, I'm not worried about the match. I, I, I think it's going to be great. I, per, me personally, I think this will be better than Oscar and Bailey. I mean, Oscar and uh, Bianca. I do agree. I think this would be the better match of the two. The story is really starting to click for me now and we've seen them work and I love their match at WrestleMania three years ago. And nobody was there. Their emotion and how they just fought was so great. Mm-hmm. And like I said, a struggle, a struggle, a battle. And then their follow up at Money in the Bank the following year and how they turned that crowd in their favor, who was very heavy for Becky Lynch. And they said, "Uh, uh-uh, you ain't going to be pissing on our match. And sure enough, they won those crowds over and had one of the better matches that year in WWE. As we segue to our main event angle involving one Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. Now, earlier in the show, we had noted mediator Cody Luther King come out. And he was casca sharp, not going to lie. He came out to try to be a mediator between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. He wanted them to be friends, to hug it out. The fans chanting, hug it out, work shit out. Talked about Kevin saying, hey, when I left WWE back in 2016, you gave me some references to some friends on the indie scene. Hmm, the Bucks, Kenny Omega, look up with them. They can help you try to navigate these waters on the indie scene. Found my way and became who I am today because of you, because you helped me out. And I know that you love Sam. I know you got love for him. You need to work your stuff out. You can't do this alone. And Sami Zayn's cardinal mistake was, we ain't got to be friends. We just got to work together, take down the bloodline. But Kevin Owens needed that friendship. He, he missed it. And for, for Sammy to slight that was an offense to him. So Chaos says, nope, no hugs, no deal. I got this piece out. So we go to the parking lot and Chaos is about to drive away. And Sammy Zayn realizes what Kevin always needs to hear. You are my friend. You are my brother. I love you. This isn't just about the bloodline. I sincerely care about you and I'm sorry. So KO drives away and Sammy's crestfallen because he has, has this, he has to have this face-to-face confrontation against Jey Uso at the end of the show. So here's our Kansas City showdown between Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. Love the confrontation. Because once again, Jay reiterates, I never liked you, Sammy. I hated you from day one, but my brother loved you. Hell, even Paul Hammond loved you. Roman Reigns loved you. I didn't love you. I hated you. But then you won me over. 
I saw who you could be with us. And then you turn around and stab us in the back. But I always knew from the jump, he was a fake ass oos and the fans boo. And Sami Zayn is going to clap back and say, you know what? I thought we were brothers. I thought we were good. I thought we were the ones. But you're just mad at me because I did something you wish you could do. And that was sit your cousin with that chair at the Royal Rumble because you have been in this thing for nearly three years with no way out. I found a way out. You didn't. And in some ways, you're mad about it because you couldn't do it first. And Jay's reaction was like, you know what? Points were made. You're right. I feel some kind of way about it. That leads to a brawl between the two, which I loved. And then we have Jim Uso coming out there to defend his brother. And then we hear KO's music hit. And KO comes out, cleans house on Jimmy and Jay, hits a stunner, pop a powerbomb on both brothers. And then we have Sami Zayn in the corner, convalescing, and he gets up. And the fans are on their feet, and they want the hug. They want them to hug it out, work their shit out, get along. And at the right time, at the right show, at the right place, on the right night, we finally got the reconciliation as Sammy and Kevin Owens hugged. The fans pop for this moment. I loved it because it reminded me of the Shield moment between Mox and Rollins five years ago. But I think WWE missed a peak by a week. But in this case, they got it right on time, two weeks before WrestleMania. And this was perfection. Then we have noted mediator Cody Luther King looking on backstage as the proud father saying, my work here is done. Let me be. Let me go on to my WrestleMania main event to finish my story against Roman Reigns. This was great. This is what I wanted for months. We're here, Scott, almost at the finish line. It will be presumably speaking, the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the undisputed WWE Tag Team titles at WrestleMania. And that would be the night part one of the bloodline will fall. I mean, there's not much to add to that. Everything you laid out, that story is beautifully told. Uh, Cody Luther King ending racism and bringing friends back together. What more can you ask out of that man? Uh, single-handedly bringing down the bloodline, if you think about it. No, this, this was great. Um, saying the whole thing with Sammy realizing that Kevin Owens wanted friendship, you know, because Kevin Owens was like, listen, I've heard everything you've had to say. You know, I literally have heard everything that you've had to say. You've already said it. Why would I do any, like, I don't, you're right. We don't have to be friends and we just need to work together. But why would I do that for somebody who doesn't want to be my friend? You know, like, I, I love that line because Sammy didn't have to say, we don't have to be like, we know we're not friends. We don't have to, like, he didn't have to say any of that, but he kept saying it, kept reiterating it. And Kevin took a slight to that because what Sammy said, you know, resonated. No matter what we do to each other, and we've done absolutely terrible things to each other, we always seem to find a way back to each other. No matter where we are in our careers or what's going on, we always find our way back. And I just, I love the story. They they talk like real people when they're speaking to each other. And it's very smart of Cody Rhodes to be right in the center of that. Because this is just another way of keeping Cody as that number one guy, that number one baby face to the fans, because now it's going to be perceived as he's the reason Sammy and KO were able to squash this beef and get together. You know, that's another notch in the baby face Cody Rhodes belt. So it's just been very smart how they've laid this out. 
I'm actually really excited to see them two come out together, you know, give us that fired up promo together going at the Usos. Because I think that promo exchange between the two teams is going to be excellent. Jay and Sammy going at it, you know, especially their relationship, because that's a whole story in and of itself. So just a great, excellent, excellent chapter right here. Um they they would have to try their hardest to mess up what they have right now. And this should be the night one main event. Bloodline should be closing out both nights of WrestleMania. Yes. Double the pyro, double the confetti, double everything. And on top of that, the finish of that match for night one of WrestleMania should absolutely be Sami Zayn, Huluva kicking Jey Uso for the win. Right. That has to be poetic justice. I, there's there's literally no other way to cap off this story. That has to be the finish. We get the confetti coming down, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn holding their titles, and we get the big hug. And that's our, that's this generation's new moment. You know, that's that's the new you know footage that we see going forward. You know, WWE like to show footage of guys in other companies, so they can't use the yes movement. That was incredible. Can't use that. We know why we can't use Eddie and Voldemort, so they can't use that. We got Kofi. That's good. But then everybody thinks of Brock, so you don't want to keep using that. This is going to be WWE's chance to get some new footage that they can use. Yes, forever to be recycled for years to come. A perfect WrestleMania moment. And then maybe cut to Jay and that realization of, oh, shit. Okay. And then maybe Sam being a little emotional, too, about, hey, I got to. Do what I got to do to win this championship match. Sorry, Holmes. And that leads to night two of WrestleMania and further bloodline ascension, which will lead to the biggest pyro celebration in WrestleMania history that will break the budget. And as Scott suggested, it will cost the equivalent of a gate for night one of WrestleMania when the pyro budget is all said and done. And ain't nobody else getting no pyro. They may get some videos and stuff, but they know night two, there will be no other pyro. Except for that last hour and that may because there's gonna you gotta think of all the pyro that's gonna shoot off after the after the uh show in or after the match ends too. You know, whoever wins, they're gonna get that massive pyro shot. So yeah. The, the last I'm sorry, I shortchanged them. The last hour and a half will be Roman and Cody. <laughs> oh my god. So I can bake three batches of cookies when I think about it. Okay. I'm- Might even get a brandy appearance. Ooh. I still kind of want that. I kind of need that in my life. I need Brandy to come out with Cody. Come on. I, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind having Brandy go at Paul Heyman on the mic yes. one day. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Make it happen. We got two weeks to go. I need this in my life. I want them scrapping it. All she got to do is just be in the crowd and Paul Heyman could be like, come on, Brandy, come on in the ring. Come on. I'm not going to do anything. What could I do to you? Brandy comes in the ring, quick little promo exchange ends with her slapping them. And that's how, you know, easy way to end the segment. Or they could be ballsy and go full on Randy Orton. Like I suggested and have Roman Reigns spear the hell out of her and put her in a guillotine while Cody is handcuffed in the corner, getting super kicked the hell his head off. That went dark fast, very dark, very quickly. And the fact that you want this so badly, and a part of me wants it too, because I am See? all for the heat. See, think about that. Shout out to Bully Ray. Heat, that's heat. Roman sparing the shoes off of Brandy Rhodes. Oh my God. 
Can you imagine Cody's reaction? I mean, Triple H looked like he was taking a massive dump. So I think Cody could do a much better job of acting than Triple H did. See, Cody's a natural crier. So he'll be like crying, sniveling, snot running everywhere. I have to get to Brandy, but I can't. Like he's going to be struggling and then Roman's going to be laughing. Like we need that heated moment because Cody's has gotten through this entire angle unscathed so far. He needs a heat moment. We got two weeks to do it. I I think that's the way to go, man. You want to get some real heat on Roman? Lay out Brandy. They, the WWE audience is not annoyed with Brandy like the AEW audience is. So you can get away with it. Absolutely. I'm here for it. Bring it on. Two weeks of spare before WrestleMania. I am game for Brandy Rose making her rightful return the WWE for the first time in a few years. And with that, let's put a cap on this week's wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network with... The best damn television match of the week across Raw, SmackDown, not NXT, perhaps NXT Mm -hmm. level up, or hell, even main event. So, Scott, your pick for the best match you saw from WWE this week. You know, I I can't say it was the best match, but it was my favorite match. And I think I'm going to go with Austin Theory, man. I just, I like the fire he showed. Angelo Dawkins is always great, but... I just, I really like the bounce back Austin Theory had, and I thought the match was really good. So, yeah, Austin Theory versus Angelo Dawkins is definitely a match uh, worthy to go out of your way and check out. Yes, very fun match on Monday. My pick is is something we didn't talk about on the show, but it is official. It is going to be a slobber knocker, big hoss battle between Gunther the Intercontinental Champion versus both Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. I will pray for anyone who follows that match at WrestleMania. Pick a night, any night. It is going to be a show stiller, but I will give credit where it's due to Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre, part 50 on SmackDown this past Friday. They never miss in the ring. The match is very good, despite the despite the disqualification, courtesy of Gunther and Imperium, which sets up the triple threat match at WrestleMania. That is going to be... One of the best matches of the weekend, and dare I say, one of the best matches of the year. And I'm going to take it one step further. This will be one of the greatest triple threat matches in WWE history. Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. It won't be on night two. Roman and Cody will be like, yeah, I won't be wrestling on night two. We'll get y'all on Saturday. And then Seth and Logan Paul's like, you know what? Have us go out first. You know what, man? I, I'm now that you, you, I forgot about that night. Night, a hey, Cody and Roman better have better had a working boots on, man, because there's gonna be a lot of. You can't have all the matches on night one. They they better had a working boots on. Logan and Seth starting value five stars. Dare I say, <laughs> Drew, Sheamus, and Gunther starting value five stars. Oh my! Oh my! I, I mean, like if I'm Roman or Cody. Pick your poison, Roman and Cody. I need, I need at least on the on the Meltzer scale. I'm gonna need at least four and a half. Agreed. Man, yeah, four, four and a quarter, four and a half. I'll take four and a half. Yeah, yeah I'd be happy with four and a half. I, I'm not expecting a five star match. I don't need a five star just because of the story we had, but match quality. I need, I need a four and a half out of you, which I think we can get. Yeah, for sure. But um, night one WrestleMania. That could be an Oof. all-time card, depending how they... Could be as good as this year's or last year's. Yeah, because that back nine was excellent. So, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. going to be good. It's going to be good. So we're looking forward to it. Two weeks out until WrestleMania is night one and two going down in Inglewood, California. So if I say it's going to be a great show, I do believe we're going to cover it right here on the wrap and unfortunately discuss that and deliver too, which should be a good show, but the show preceding the shows suck. Not going to lie. But with that, this wraps up another week in the world of WWE right here via the rap on the Fighting Media Network. I want to thank my co-captain, my right hand, salty and pissed off Scott Young showing up twice on the show with a little bit of Boston Scott mixing for good measures. He too now is a twin of John Cena and Mark Wahlberg. I watched Four Brothers the other day, so I had Marky Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's always it's key. It's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I missed you last week. I'm glad to be back in the saddle. Uh, it's WrestleMania season, man. Things are revving up. So this was a fun show. I'm looking forward to see what happens next week. Hopefully, you don't make me watch NXT. Hopefully, but only on this show can we talk about Reba McIntyre, venison, <laughs> and spades with a dash of Ghostwriter and Wishbone, and all of that is still better than NXT. Yeah. I, shout out the scripts, man. Scripts? <laughs> writing scripts that actually happened on Tuesday. And with that, I'm going to put a pin on this episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. We'll be back next Saturday with Scott. It is official. Someone is joining us next week with Uh-oh. a couple of double initials. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay so it looks like i'm gonna be outnumbered next week as the lakers fan you will but at the same time we can't talk because our warriors suck right now so you might have a good week when it's all said and done but yes garrett gonzalez will be here next week for the wrestlemania preview special edition of the rap right here on the fight game media network so until then for myself and for salty scott young that's a wrap on all things wwe this week Take care. Uh, Bye-bye. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.